Welcome to American Education FM, everybody. I'm Dr. Sean Brooks. Merry Christmas, everybody. Okay. Merry Christmas, indeed. Huge episode here. Lots to get to. Uh, I've got everything organized. I've got it all laid out here, but I'm just going to have to get to it as quickly as I can or else this episode is going to be a long one. So I don't know how long this is going to last, but we'll see what we get to. I've got plenty of audio to play. And I want to start off first with some geopolitical things. I've got a great deal to read also. And then I have a few education stories without a doubt. And then a lot of very updated jab-related things as well, including a text thread from a nurse friend who you are familiar with because she's been a guest on the show. But I want to start off with this. First of all, the reason that I haven't been talking about the Twitter stuff is because I've been watching it all transpire like a lot of people have. And frankly, it isn't new to us. It's not new to those of us who are awake. Again, we have it under the umbrella of corruption, and we can see it for what it is. There are a few questions that I find interesting about this and a couple of angles that I'm shocked other people haven't brought up. Now, maybe they have, and I, of course, haven't caught it because I'm not a mind reader, and I'm not telepathic, so I don't know what everybody's thinking, what everybody's written. But I find it interesting that no one has questioned whether or not Elon Musk has really bought Twitter or not. I mean, let's go back and really examine the history of Twitter. Do we actually believe that Twitter was created by good guys for good reasons? The answer is no. Twitter was created by who then? It was created by individuals probably associated with the CIA, if not foreign governments, for the purpose of controlling the narrative in the United States among many, normalized the use of Twitter, get as many people on the program as humanly possible, fill it with bots, again, to control the narrative, and then continue to manipulate the public through that messaging. Twitter has always been a negative weapon. It's never been a positive one. But since the takeover, why, do, why, why is it that people all of a sudden believe that Elon Musk is the one who bought it? I don't believe this. I believe that the military bought it. I believe that the military is using Elon Musk the same way that the CIA was using Jack Dorsey as basically the face of the company. So that's my take on it. That's that's my theory. That's my two cents. The only way that this information that's being revealed as to what Twitter was actually doing and what the people working for Twitter were doing regarding the censorship and a thousand other things, and of course, Fauci's involvement with the shots and the making of the COVID poison and and all of that other stuff. Again, there are no viruses. This isn't something that travels through the air. This was injected into people. Um, Twitter's involvement in all of that is certainly going to be coming out, and the only way that that could happen is if it was in the hands of the military and the military was allowing the release of that information on this platform to both blow up the platform and blow up the narrative. And then, of course, reveal it to people. That's my two cents on that. Again, I've been sitting back and watching a lot of people take the bait from Elon Musk and take the bait on this, that, and the other. And I mean, they're being drug around like lapdogs whose tongues are out of their mouths just seething at this information. And I'm talking about, again, conservatives and quote-unquote good people who want to see all of this come out. But they're like, what's Elon going to do next? And they're just sort of bowing down to him in this. I, I wouldn't do that. 
because every single time that somebody comments on it or somebody believes that something is going to happen, the exact opposite happens. Again, you know, take for example the poll that Elon put out there the other day where people were like, what? He's going to give up Twitter and abide by, you know, some poll that uh, says he's not going to be the CEO anymore. You know, what does that mean? And then people just jump on it. People like BioClandestine on on, uh, Telegram and Truth Social, they're always making these posts, highly emotional posts, without very little thinking. They get very angry when something doesn't go their way, and then they don't look at it multidimensionally to figure out what's actually happening. I find that, I find it tiresome and absurd. I mean, they're not learning from their own mistakes. That's, again, why I'm taking a back seat on this. I'm taking a back seat, and I'm just absorbing all of it. It's not for us. It's not for the patient individuals. It's not for the individuals who know that corruption is everywhere and exists in every facet of our society. Just sit back and watch it happen. That doesn't mean that we don't have to do anything about it or that uh, you know we just sit on our asses and hope for the best, so to speak. We should pay attention to it and we should look at it from multiple angles. But getting emotional about it and then making all these online posts, none of that's productive. We can theorize about particular things because that increases critical thinking. But getting mad because a particular thing doesn't work out for which you're not in control of is absurd. It's absolutely absurd. If we are watching a military operation, which it's beyond evident we are, what makes anybody think that the average citizen is going to know all of the answers? I certainly don't. But I'm sitting back and I'm watching this happen without emotion. And that's really the best, best way to, to see things clearly. You have to take emotion out of the equation. Then you can see things a little more clearly. That way, if something happens in one direction or another, you don't become overly emotional about it. Not to mention, who's to say that the outcome for which you've seen or believe is the outcome is in fact the outcome? It could just be part of the plan. It could just be you know, a move and a counter move. But we're not in control of that. And that's just kind of my two cents on the whole Twitter thing. But I, I have a, you know, I'll mention this too as an example, because I threw this up on Gab. And it's, it's a decent segue, but it kind of proves my point too, that people are being pulled around by the neck and they have no idea that they're being yanked around. There are multiple dimensions to this too. And and I would just encourage people to consider these kinds of things because th- this happens all of the time. The other day, of course, the New York Times in their cro- crossword section had what appeared to be a swastika as their crossword, as their crossword puzzle. Now, why would they do that? Again, I've covered the history of the swastika here on this show. It's a sign of peace. It's an ancient symbol. It's been used by endless civilizations over the course of countless years, decades, centuries, you name it. Why would the New York Times do that? Was it because the New York Times are Nazis, quote unquote? Are they ignats? Are they, <laughs> would they actually do such a thing if they didn't think it was going to draw attention to themselves? The New York Times is funded by who exactly? Who runs the New York Times? Who do they employ? 
this was done on purpose. It it wasn't done because they they really wanted people to say, "Hey, look, the New York Times are Nazis." Again, they misuse that term all of the time, but that's the reaction that it got. That's the reaction that it got. People who work within the New York Times are anti-Semitic. Ladies and gentlemen, that's impossible. I would assume that the vast majority of their employees are Jewish. That's impossible. It was a purposeful act that the company did themselves to garner more sympathy for individuals who happen to be Jewish. That was the whole point. It was just like all of the stories that we've heard over the course of decades, where an individual will get arrested who happens to be Jewish for spray painting a swastika on the side of a synagogue. Hate, anti Semitic hate crime hits synagogue. Oops, we've arrested him. It was a Jewish guy who attends the synagogue. Remember when LeBron James had the N word spray painted on his garage door? Who do you think did that? Did they ever catch the person? Was it LeBron James himself? Do you see, they do these things on purpose to draw attention to themselves. Doesn't matter who it is or what group of person or what organization or whatever, they're doing it to draw attention to themselves, to change a narrative, and to distract people because they know that it will be a story that might garner sympathy for people that they want to support. Again, it's, it's psychological warfare. It's people being manipulated. It's lying. That's all. It's just lying. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what else to say. It's, it's ridiculous, but when people just clamor for it all the time and they think they've got it all figured out and, you know, this is the way that it really is and, you know, I knew the New York Times were fascists. I mean, all the stupid phrases that, that people use. I mean, the term fascist, that term also was hijacked by communists and the definition was completely changed a long time ago. It doesn't mean what people think it means. Either way, with that aside, that entire story was, was patently false and completely ridiculous. It was just used to garner more sympathy. You can't turn on the television right now and find a story that isn't about some anti-Semitic thing taking place. Again, the term anti-Semitism isn't even real. It's made up. I've been over that. Who made it up, when it was made up, and why it was made up. That's the whole point. The psychological warfare that is taking place right now is multidimensional. The enemies are really exposing themselves. And the media, of course, is in the middle of all of this because they're reporting on all of it like it's real and people are just believing it. It's sad. But as far as the Twitter stuff goes, just take a back seat and watch it all play out. The COVID stuff's going to be interesting. Is it going to be shocking? Of course not. Do we know Anthony Fauci's a criminal? Yes. Was he involved? Yes. Has he been lying through his teeth this entire time? Sure he has. There's one hell of a montage that is just Anthony Fauci. It exists. It's all over the internet. Lots of places. I know uh, it's on Infowars as well. It's a hell of a montage of just Anthony Fauci talking about the mask wearing and being two-faced on the mask wearing. You don't need it. It doesn't protect you. You should wear three at the exact same time. Well, which is it? So he's a liar. That's all.
he's a liar. And if the Twitter files continue to just show he's a liar, that's perfect. The point is, it's not for us. It's not for the people who are awake. Now, I want to read this post. This is from greatawakening.win. This is a nice summary of things. It's rather long. And again, I've got a lot to read in this episode, but trust me, it's worth it. This says the following. It says, we're in an information war because the white hats and the cabal, uh, between the white hats and the cabal. Many moves and counter moves. People shaking their heads saying, what the fuck is going on? The cabal wanted us dead. President Trump stood in the way to protect us. The Great Reset was the plan, and it failed. It says, quote, Trump told us the war, that he was a war president, rather. He is fighting the cabal. One day soon, there will be a collapse of the U.S. financial system. This collapse will cascade to a worldwide financial event. Remember, the U.N. was going to use the financial collapse to roll out the Great Reset. Here is the issue. The United Nations and the central banks needed an event to blame this financial meltdown on. If they, are, if they do not have, rather, an instigating event to blame the financial collapse on, then they must take fault themselves. The, the type of event that would suffice to destroy our economies worldwide would be a world war or a pandemic. If the vaccines were pulled from the market too soon, lockdowns could be reinstituted, which would destroy more small businesses. This new lockdown could be blamed for the upcoming financial collapse. Trump wanted blame, or wants blame, for the upcoming financial collapse to be placed on the central banking system itself. The World Economic Forum globalists are actively destroying nations across the planet with, uh, by withholding fossil fuels, opening borders, driving up debt, and increasing interest rates. In the end, they will not have a scenario to blame the financial crash on, a war or a pandemic. The World Economic Forum will have a difficult time convincing the world population to enter into a new financial system, a great reset, that was created by the same people who just destroyed the prior financial system. Remember, like this person said above, like I said above, it says, we have been in an information war with the cabal since Trump took office. Trump knew the vaccine would destroy the Great Reset plans. That is why he fast-tracked the vaccine production. I'm going to get into that later, by the way. And I'm going to link an article in the, in the description below, which is a, it's a decent, another decent explanation as to why Trump rolled out the vaccines. They're, again, they're not vaccines, they're bioweapons. But again, the major purpose, as you've heard me say and, and break down on this show, is that it, it was so that we don't trust government ever again, so that people don't put needles in their body ever again, that you don't trust the pharmaceutical industry, that you don't trust your doctor, that you don't trust the hospitals, that you don't trust these people. That forces the individual then to look things up for themselves. That's the awakening process. But there's an article that, you know, doesn't get into that so much, but it's another angle, which is a good angle. And uh, I'll link that in the description below. Okay. It says again, quote, The cabal knew that Trump has total influence over everything, even though they would never admit it. People around the planet see Trump as the only worthy world leader we have and have had in many years. Trump could impact domestic agendas in every country around the planet with just a few spoken words. The cabal tainted the vaccines in an effort to get Trump to demand the vaccines 
be pulled from the market, move, counter move. Media interviewed Trump several times asking his opinions of the vaccines. Trump always gave the same answer. It was necessary to keep the vaccines in place and why President Trump never came out against them. It is obvious the vaccines are killing a small percentage of the people who receive them. Well, so far. I wouldn't go so far as to say small percentage. It says the number of people dying from the vaccines is minuscule compared to the number of people who would have died under the Great Reset. That's true. Um, it continues, it says the Georgia Guidestones had carved in stone the globalist plan, reduced the Earth's population to 500 million. That means 7 billion people would need to be killed off. I think we are doing, a much, better, doing much better under Trump's counter plan. There will always be deaths during war. It is unfortunate. It could have been much worse, though, 7 billion worse. All of the chaos we saw unfold over the last two years would have been blamed on the pandemic, and the chaos would have been much worse. Without the pandemic or world war, people are looking around and saying, what the fuck is going on? People are waking up and realizing where the evil is coming from. The Great Awakening happened instead of the Great Reset. What the people see is the, is the corporatocracy exposing itself. Evil globalists, government, media, corporations, pharmaceutical industry, all working together to destroy us. Woke corporations, satanic corporations, child trafficking corporations, election-stealing corporations, they are all being exposed. It will soon be time to stand up and make sure you participate. Q told us as many times, and we need to stand up. That time is coming soon. Have a good day, my friends. Where we go one, we go all, unquote. It's well done. It's a nice summary of, of events that are occurring, why they're occurring the way that they are, and I, I agree with it. I think that the percentage of the individuals who are dying from the shots is another story. There have been lots of percentage talks. And as you've heard me say on this show, I refer to it as the jab information civil war. There are multiple takes and multiple perspectives going on about it. Not everybody's on the same page, and I'm going to get to that later. Because again, it's very odd. Um, and again, no one's on the same page. So I just wanted to make mention of that quick little summary there. And uh, yeah, I want to read this too. I'm going to get into the jab stuff later, I promise, because there's a lot of updated things to mention. Uh, here's the next thing. This is another post. Again, speculation, but something to pay attention to. That's all. Look at it without emotion, and it's just something to pay attention to. This was another post on greatawakening.win. I thought it was interesting. It said, first arrest, suicide weekend, 10 days of dark darkness, military is the only way. It says, quote, I unintentionally caught a short segment of the J6 circus on the tube this morning. It sent me to musing on what might happen, and if they do indeed go through with the arrest of Trump. It sometimes seems he's pushing them in that direction. Walking away, it hit me. I think those desperate idiots have every intention of arresting Trump. He will be the first arrest that shows the world the direction they are headed. What if that move kicks off all the rest? What if them arresting Trump kicks off their own arrests in mass? Would that not be the case for them overstepping the boundaries to the point that they have effectively killed themselves, committed suicide by their own actions? 
I, I, I was seeing speculation that Musk's comments about stepping down and the result of his poll was hinting at threatening the shutdown of Twitter. If the first arrest kicks off the roundup, it could also kick off 10 days to stop all comms and prevent a civil war erupting over Trump's arrest and the roundup of the cabal players. When the 10 days were over and smoke had cleared, the military would be running things and the tribunals would commence, unquote. Yeah, again, it's possible. It's a moves-counter-moves kind of thing. We know that the art of war is being played out right now. It's Sun Tzu to the bone. If you've ever read The Art of War, I've read it at least three times. It's being played out. You force the enemy to make a move that they really don't want to make, but they have no choice. It's all, you also force them to make a move that they want to make, but you already know what the result is going to be. So there's just moves, counter moves taking place here. I find it interesting. I'm watching it without emotion. I'm just looking at it. And it allows me, again, to absorb a great deal of information that I think, uh, you know, I just want to bring to all of you. And if it helps you sort through it, then, then great. Here's another post. This is from Brian Cates. Again, it has to do with the Fauci files allegedly dropping sometime on Twitter. It says, when the Fauci files drop is when a national crisis develops. Millions of people who don't yet know how deeply and personally they were lied to about the COVID virus origins and the poison shots are about to find out. When they do, why the people behind our uniparty politicians have been hellbent on disarming the American population is going to become self-evident. These people will never be able to go out in public again. Someone who lost a loved one to their lies would shoot them. That, that's true, and that brings up another point, which is we can't vote our way out of this. Everyone is involved. All of the politicians have been involved in this, every single one of them. And again, if they don't know what we know, then that means that they're not fit for office because we are smarter than they are. We can see the landscape. We're reading the correct boards. We're the ones doing the thinking. They're too involved. They're absolutely, I mean, they're just too involved. Again, they're either blackmailed, they're bought off, they're sold, whatever it may be. They have endless excuses as to why they haven't been bringing it up in the first place, not to mention the kickbacks that they're probably receiving from the pharmaceutical industry themselves. People have to take this into consideration. Um, here's a post from Donald Trump. Again, this was on Truth not that long ago. Uh, let's see, December 19th. Statement on the January 6th committee referral. Again, the January 6th thing is, is a complete sham. Everybody knows it. It's, it's totally ridiculous. No crime has been committed other than the individuals engaging in treason and sedition who are on the actual committee itself. But he's pushing them toward making a move, which they've already made now. They've made referrals to the DOJ for made-up crimes. He said this, he said, statement on January 6th committee referral. These folks don't get it, that when they come after me, people who love me, uh, who love, people who love freedom, rather, rally around me. Uh, it strengthens me. What doesn't kill me makes me stronger. Americans know that I pushed for 20,000 troops to prevent violence on January 6th, and then I went on television and told everyone to go home. And then he continued and continued. That continues, though, to prove the point that the Insurrection Act was signed by him because you have to tell people to leave a particular area and go home before you can sign this Insurrection Act. 
which is exactly what he did, which is why he said out of his own mouth, there's been an insurrection. He said it. He wasn't talking about the protesters storming the building, the Capitol on January 6th. That wasn't the insurrection. The insurrection was the government going through with a fraudulent election. That's what it meant. He's the lawful president of the United States and always has been. He still is. Everybody else is just an imposter. You know, it's like it's like the bank manager in a bank that gets robbed. The the thieves waving the guns around can think that they're the bank manager, but the bank manager is still the bank manager. They still have the key around their neck. They still have the 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 code to the safe. You know, but the people who are in there with the guns waving them all around dress the same. Just because they're robbing the bank doesn't mean they're really in charge. So I'm just going to wrap this up by saying this. Geopolitically, with everything that's going on, I find it important to not hang on the words of what everybody says. Take in multiple forms of information. Try to connect the dots the best that we can, but do it without emotion. Do it without being overly emotional about, well, when, you know, nothing's going to happen. And then on the other side, everything's going to happen. Everybody's going to get arrested and we're all going to see it and it's going to be great. Let's just play the middle road and just watch what happens. It doesn't mean that we have to be taken advantage of. doesn't mean that we have to be, uh, you know, hang on the word of everybody. And it doesn't mean, again, that we have to be overly emotional about all of it. Just watch what, watch what actually takes place. But that doesn't mean, again, that you can't theorize. It doesn't mean you can't read what you want to read. It's just the, it's the people that foreclose, and they're so certain that a particular thing is happening. Those are the people, again, that out themselves. And everything that I just read, okay, all those anonymous posts about, again, theories and timelines and whatever else, I'm just reading it. That's all. I'm not foreclosing on anything. I'm just reading it. There are particular things that I tend to lean more toward and agree with. And then there are other things I don't. So, yeah, that's just kind of the way that it is. I don't think there's a lot of people running around wearing masks, you know, pretending to be particular people when they're not. Let me give you an example of something that I don't think happened. There, there were videos bouncing around BitChute the other day, which leads me into this BitChute story. Um, and then I'm going to get into some education stuff. But there was a video bouncing around on BitChute that had to do with Nancy Pelosi's military tribunal and how Nancy Pelosi uh, has been tried in a military court along with her husband. They testified against one another, something along those lines, and now they're going to, you know, they're going to be executed or they're going to be in prison for life or whatever it is. I watched these videos, and again, I, do, I watched them without emotion, and they're just text videos. They just have text written on them. There's no way that a military tribunal would take place and the public would know about it. Not until long after the fact, which means the person would already have to be dead or in jail and we haven't seen them. Long after the fact. The second thing is that there's some interesting things that are in it that are certainly worth considering. One of them has to do with Nancy Pelosi engaging in a plot to kill the President of the United States, Donald Trump. Now, there was a timeline a while back where that, was, where that, again, I believe, occurred. 
You may recall, again, it specifically references the time where Nancy tried to leave the country and couldn't. And then they ended up getting on, you know, her and other Congress members ended up getting on a bus and they were just kind of driving around D.C. And then there was that fake attack or that, you know, a person who was arrested who was trying to shoot a bazooka into the White House. I mean, all of that happened. But again, was it a plot to try to kill Donald Trump? Possibly. Has she been tried in a military tribunal? Not yet, I don't think. But then again, I don't know. Point is, is there's little nuggets of truth that reach back to things that actually happened, but then it's speculating as to what has already taken place and then what's, what's going to happen down the line. You just have to look at it with no emotion and just understand, again, that there's really cool things happening and things that have happened in the past that are worth maybe re-examining. It was actually kind of funny, too, because those videos went down a thread where it was talking about how Nancy Pelosi would meet up at a hospital, or at a hospital, she probably should have, but meet up in a hotel with, uh, with a Hispanic guy, and she would pay him money to basically service her. And, you know, she, he, he would drive her around and take her for drinks, and she would buy alcohol, and then another one was testimony, allegedly, of, of one of her aides, where the exact same thing would happen, where she would be forced to buy Nancy alcohol, and do her dry cleaning and pick things up for and whatever else. I mean, it was a lot of, a lot of things like that. But then, of course, there was the old uh, State of the Union address. Remember that last State of the Union address that Trump gave formally, where he was in uh, the halls of Congress there, and he's walking up to the up to the dais, and he hands Pence the speech in that folder and then he ha- and shakes Pence's hand and then he hands it to Pelosi and he doesn't shake Pelosi's hand. There was speculation that Pelosi was going to poison him by basically shaking his hand and then there was something on Pelosi's hand like a, a poisonous needle of some kind. I remember watching a video about that and it was very interesting. And of course he didn't shake her hand and then she looked perplexed as to why he didn't shake her hand. And then of course she tore up the speech at the end of the whole thing. So I don't know. I'm just saying that it's all interesting stuff and it's interesting to think about. And let's just watch it. Let's just watch it all transpire. We know these people are criminals. We know that they're trying to destroy free speech. They're trying to control any narrative they possibly can. And those individuals, again, are wearing all kinds of titles, Republican, Democrat, Independent, it doesn't matter. But they're not to be trusted is kind of the point. And this leads me to this. I can't tell you how many times that I've brought up the subject of BitChute as a video platform where I think people should go and watch videos. I've even brought it up to people and they have no idea what BitChute is. You know, they just watch YouTube and they think YouTube is going to tell them the truth all the time. Well, YouTube doesn't. YouTube purposefully distracts individuals and brainwashes them into watching things that really don't matter. I mean, how many times can you watch somebody build a house? How many times can you watch someone jump into a bathtub full of Fruit Loops? It's pretty stupid. But BitChute's where you'll go to find a lot of theories. You'll go there to find a lot of truth, a lot of speculation, and real history. The real telling of real history. So BitChute is under attack, as you would expect, because of what they do and what, and what they offer. This is their Give, Send, Go page. 
It says, quote, is this theft? Banks won't give us our money. And I want to read their description here. It says, two years ago, BitChute became the target of an activist group that attempted to shut us down by pressuring our suppliers. As a result, we lost some server hosting, our office space, and other suppliers. We also lost our bank account with HSBC, a bank account we held in good standing and without any issue since we launched in 2017. We initially tried to open a new bank account with a different bank and transfer our money. However, the new bank rejected us just as the funds had reached them. Our money was returned to HSBC, but we could no longer access it, and even today we still have not retrieved our money from HSBC. In August of 2021, after failing to get a resolution through the HSBC complaints process, we requested arbitration through the UK's banking ombudsman. We were informed of a long wait due to COVID, which had resulted in many bank-related problems for businesses. It wouldn't be until November of 2022 that our case would be assigned. Since arbitration started, we have provided many details, including the bank account where HSBC could send our money. Within a week of handing over that information, that new bank account was suspended without notice. We informed the ombudsman, I hate that word, that we were uh, that we do not want to give HSBC additional bank accounts and prefer any transfer from HSBC, use a third party such as, such as escrow, even a bag of cash would do, a necessary action that will likely lengthen the process. And then it says it's happened again. That happened 19 days ago, and we still have not been able to get our money from that bank, even though we have informed them that we need it urgently to pay bills. It's not clear for what reason they are keeping it. Now, nearly at the end of 2022, two different banks have our money. HSBC has held it for almost two years. Again, they're trying to destroy BitChute, and by they, I mean whoever it is that owns HSBC and these banks. I'll let you figure out who that might be, but you get what I'm saying. This is the problem. This is what they want for all of us. They want to go after the platforms that tell the truth no matter what. Even Gab, even Gab, ladies and gentlemen, is doing this particular thing where they're allegedly trying to squash what what is real free speech in certain comment sections to allow people to filter out particular comments. And Gab has been attacked for it on Gab's own platform, and rightfully so. Why? Because what it does is, and one particular poster pointed this out, is it diminishes the ability not just for free speech, but for grifters to be called out for the grifters that they are. Because, because if it allows an individual in the comment section to edit or filter or hide the comments that people are making that are that are negative about a particular poster you know then um that's that's a problem if a person wants particular comments to be deleted based on a post that they've made then th- that forces the grifter or the person who made the original post to delete the entire post because then the comments will be deleted Unless, of course, the, the commenter themselves has, has kept the comment. 
and wants to expose somebody as being a grifter. Like, you know me, I've gone after Dr. Gold, Simone Gold, on, the, uh, on, on Gab. I call her a grifter all the time. There's nothing she can do about it. Because all I'm doing is linking stories about her. But what it would do is, is in that particular case, it would give Dr. It would, like, Dr. Gold, whatever. It would give Simone Gold the opportunity to um, basically just pick and choose which comments she wants to exist under her thread. That's my understanding of it. Either way, what's going on with BitChute is an abomination. Because such a thing would never happen to YouTube. Why is that? Because YouTube is, again, a part of the cabal. They're part of the enemy. They are the enemy. You think Twitter is a cesspool? Wait until they start digging into Google and YouTube. That's where the big fish are. Yes, Twitter is an abomination. It was an FBI-funded, CIA-funded operation. We know that. We've known that since the beginning. Many of us have. But that kind of information is just for the normies that's coming out. It's not for us. So there you go. That's, uh, that's BitChute, and that's what, you know, that's what they're experiencing. But they do have a give, send, go. It's up to 34,000 pounds plus. And yeah, when you hold, when a bank holds an organization's money hostage with no explanation, that's a serious legal problem. That's a serious ethics problem. Uh, and that's war. That's a declaration of war. So there's that. Okay. Here's another declaration of war, education related, and I love it. Actually, it's also local related and legal related too. Because this will reverberate into the local education apparatus where I live as we know it. Um, you've heard me reference this individual before. They live in the same town where I do. In fact, it was his yard where I put the sign that said, uh, taxes won't fix Talawanda, vote no. Um, this is from the Miami Student, which is the Miami University student newspaper. It's been in all the local newspapers here. It is titled the following, Oxford resident files lawsuit against city officials for COVID-19 policies. Allow me to read this. An Oxford resident, Tate Prowse, has filed a lawsuit against the city of Oxford and its officials for an ordinance passed and enforced during the COVID-19 pandemic. There was no pandemic. These people are dumb. But Tate knows that. It says, Prowse alleged the ordinance 3579 went against the right to assembly as protected under the First Amendment. At the time, Oxford was fining residents $500 for gatherings of more than 10 people. Yes, that's right, ladies and gentlemen. The town where I live, the mayor, Bill Snavely, who is an idiot, and the entire city council, all idiots, they were actually seeking to do this. And they were specifically picking out people that they didn't like. And Tate Prowse is one of the people that they just don't like. Why? Because Tate's an American. He's a patriot. That's why they go after him. It says, quote, and he was quoted in, in the paper here as saying, quote, Tate was, during the past three years, our country has seen a disquieting erosion of the most basic and fundamental, or foundational rather, rights upon which our republic stands. Prowse wrote in an email to the Miami student, quote, These freedoms are under attack, and those that care not for these freedoms have been unmasked, 
unquote. He's 100% right. Ladies and gentlemen, Tate Prouse wrote this lawsuit himself. He's not a lawyer. He's a golf professional. He filed the lawsuit himself. This is the way forward. He actually sent me the lawsuit and I gave it a quick read. It's, it's very straight to the point. It's very good. It's very straight to the point. If this ends up working and he ends up being ruled and it ends up being ruled in his favor, they can never do this again. They can never impose mask wearing or, or gatherings or any of this bullshit ever again. They can't do it in the city, which means they can't do it in the school, which means they can't do it at the university. It's a big deal. This is a big deal. It continues, the article does, it says, quote, Prouse also pointed out that 23 citations were given out under this ordinance, and all of these citations were given to Miami University students. For this reason, Prouse also alleges that the ordinance violation, that the ordinance rather violated their 14th Amendment rights, which give fair and equal protection to all U.S. citizens. Quote, it was just shocking to me that every single one was a Miami University student, and frankly, Miami University is the lifeblood of Oxford, Ohio, Prouse said. He also said, quote, also, we're all affected from an ordinance like that, unquote. Prouse also stated in the suit that he was unable to see family during the holidays under the ordinance due to fear from being issued a $500 fine for gathering. He writes that the ordinance was creating a Gestapo-like feel where armed Oxford police officers could show up at your door and fine you. Well, yeah, the Gestapo reference is is uh, not historically accurate, but I get what he's saying. Uh, it continues here, and it says, Prouse is asking the court to declare 3579 unconstitutional and prevent the city of Oxford from passing similar ordinances in the future. Prouse also asks, for $1,730,000 from the city and $450,000 from each of the nine defendants, seven of which are the city council members from when the ordinance was passed and the others are city officials in the suit. Prouse hopes the defendants still working will each resign from their positions. Prouse also said he would like to see a change in the reach of local government. Quote, what I hope ultimately is for a change in the ideology of my local government, Prouse said. Quote, I want to see government's municipalities stop overreaching because that's what they're doing, unquote. Oxford officials declined to comment. A trial for the suit has not been set yet. The Miami student will continue to cover the lawsuit as it develops. I have Tate Prouse's phone number. I texted him. I said, congratulations keep me in the loop. He told me he would. This is a big deal because what it shows is, is that you don't need lawyers to file a lawsuit. This is what the founding fathers designed this country to be in the first place. Oxford, uh, Oxford City residents don't know this. Residents everywhere don't know this. Lots, I mean, lots of people do, but lots of people don't. Mayors, city council members, school board members, university officials, wh whoever they are, they don't know that we can do this as often as we want. If this passes, I'll have the template for you because he'll give it to me. He'll give me the template and I'll put the template out on my website and you can check it out. Put in your own names, fill in your own grievances and file it yourself. 
it's a big deal. Because yes, our constitutional rights have all been violated during this entire time, and criminals did it. And now it's time to hold these criminals accountable. I hope it goes through because it's going to make those assholes destitute. They're going to have to sell their houses. Their insurance company isn't going to pay this out. 400 and some odd thousand dollars per person? They should be shitting themselves. And I hope they are. All they had to do was have some common sense, but they don't have that. They lack it. People who hold positions like that always lack common sense. And they're not thinking people. They aren't investigators. They don't read anything. They just go on CNN with Don Lemon and talk out of their asses, like our local mayor actually did. He was on Don Lemon's show trying to make sense. He doesn't even know that being on Don Lemon's show, the dumbest man in television, makes him what? <laughs> Don, Lemon's, Don Lemon's nickname is the dumbest man on television. If you're on the dumbest man on television, television show, that makes you the dumbest guest on television. Honest to Christ. These people, they just, they don't know what world they live in. It's incredible. Okay, moving on. Other education news. Cicely from New Mexico sent me the following. She said this. She said, someone mentioned to me last night that they're going to extend the school year. So I did some digging. She said, I read three articles just on this website alone. They want to add up two weeks of instruction. And then they're offering free tutoring to make up for the teacher shortages. I also received one uh, about using TikTok as a tutoring service. You heard that right. TikTok as a tutoring service. She said, check this one out. It's absurd. Pretty much every article on this page alone is nonsense. Pick one. And then you click on their website. KRQE.com. Honest to God, I mean, it's just the it's the most propaganda you've ever seen regarding education. It's a, it is absurd. Education headlines. Even with pause, student loan borrowers struggle. New Mexico Education Department proposes kids spend more time in class, even though everybody's sick and dying. It said the next one, New Mexico offers free tutoring for some students. New Mexico Higher Education Department says enrollment is up 4%. Bullshit. I don't believe that for a minute. Student turns to TikTok to fill gaps in school lessons. Give me a break. The next one, New Mexico offering middle school through high school. I got to click on this one just to see. Middle school through high school algebra tutoring. Why do you need tutoring? Are the people who work in the building, do they not know what they're doing? Are snow days about to get buried by remote learning? Question mark. Not quite, but it depends on where you live. Honest to God, they, they want everybody in the education apparatus to believe that if you are not going to school where government says you should go, that there is something wrong with you and you are not going to learn that you will be dumber as a result of seeking education elsewhere. The word homeschooling is such a nice warm blanket, isn't it? For those of you that listen to this show and you are homeschooling parents, God bless each and every one of you. You know exactly what you're doing. You should just sit quietly in a chair by a fire maybe and just rub your shoulders 
because that's homeschooling. That's what it feels like. It's not the chaos that is the current education system. Blows me away. Okay. Moving on to jab-related things. And believe me, at the end of this episode, I have a delightful tune to play for everyone. Hence the, uh, hence the season. Tis the season. Okay. Jab-related stuff. couple of huge stories here before I get into some audio, and then I have some other posts that I want to read, because the Civil War is continuing, but these are two massive revelations. Number one, this comes from Reuters of all places. Even they have to admit it. This is from December 19th. Appeals court says U.S. cannot mandate federal contractor COVID vaccines. It says, quote, this is a victory. It's a little late, but it's a victory. If you withheld, congratulations. It says the U.S. US appeals court on Monday said that the White House could not require federal contractors to ensure that their workers are vaccinated against COVID-19 as a condition of government contracts. The U.S. government has contracts with thousands of companies and courts have said the issue could affect up to 20% of U.S. workers. It says a panel of Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals voted 2-1 to to uphold a lower court decision that blocked President Joe Biden's September 2021 contractor vaccine executive order in those states after Louisiana, Indiana, and Mississippi brought suit to seek invalidation of the mandate. Excellent. Now, this next story, of course, is even more revealing than that. This is from the expose. Quote, U.S. Department of Defense issued a COVID-19 research contract three months before COVID-19 was known to officially exist. Why would they do that? Is government in on it? Yes. <laughs> of course they are. It says the discovery of a contract awarded by the U.S. Department of Defense to Labyrinth Global Health for COVID-19 research in November of 2019 has raised questions about the government's knowledge of the novel coronavirus. The contract was part of a larger project for a, quote, biological threat reduction program in Ukraine, unquote, suggesting that the U.S. government was at the very least aware of the virus before it spread through Wuhan, China in December of 2019 and before it was officially named COVID-19 by the World Health Organization in February of 2020. Weird. Ukraine, China, World Health Organization. Hmm. Look what they all have in common. Making poison. It says these findings raise concerns about the government's handling of the pandemic and the potential for a cover-up. Yes. Yes. I'm going to read this last part. It says, uh, quote, The U.S. government's USA spending website reveals that it had spent a staggering $4.04 trillion, with a T, in response to COVID-19. A deeper look at the website's award search feature uncovers a contract awarded by the Department of Defense to Black and Veatch Special Projects Corporation for Professional Scientific and Technical Services on September 20th of 2012. 
A closer examination of the contract subawards tab reveals 115 transactions with receipts and brief descriptions, the majority of which are mundane items like laboratory equipment for Kiev and office furniture for Kiev. And it continues and continues and continues. Excellent article. Bounce over to the expose to check that out. Lots of details there. Yeah. Again, are we shocked that the government is, is involved? No, we're not. Are we shocked that it's Ukraine and China involved? Of course not. But it's not for us. It's for the people who can't connect the dots. So we're connecting the dots because other people have connected the dots, and that's the way it should be. Here's a person, a quick audio clip. A Dr. Kevin Stillwagon. Now, I don't know if this is the Orange County in California or the Orange County in Florida. If there is an Orange County in Florida, I think there is. Um, either way, this is him speaking at the Orange County Board of County Commissioners meeting. It's two minutes long. Give this a listen. And by the way, when you're listening to this, think of that audio clip that I played of Dr. Ryan Cole, where he was like, basically, you just lucked out. If you got the shot in warm weather and you got it outside at one of those warm drive through things, um, you just got mush. Listen to what uh, Dr. Stillwagon says here about all that. Creates a toxic spike protein in your body that can cause adverse reactions, including nervous system disorders, cancers, and worst of all, myocarditis that can lead to sudden death. So you might be thinking, those adverse reaction people are crazy. I got the shot. Nothing bad happened to me. I'll give you five reasons why that is. First, you have no idea where the tip of that needle is when they push that plunger. If it's in a vein or a capillary bed, those, uh, those particles will rapidly spread to your heart and to your brain, increasing your chances of neurologic and cardiac symptoms. Secondly, you have no idea how many particles are in that syringe. It could vary tenfold based on how it was prepared. And the more particles you get, the greater the chance of an adverse reaction. So maybe you just got lucky. Third, there is polyethylene glycol in the shot that keeps the particles from sticking together. If it degrades, and it does, you could get injected with coagulating goo that can cause a deadly stroke or a heart attack within minutes or hours. Fourth, the M that's in the shot can degrade also. So it won't even make the spike protein at all, lessening your chance of an adverse reaction. Fifth, the more acidic your body is, the more spike proteins you will make, and that will increase the chance of an adverse reaction. So maybe you got lucky again, and your body, due to your diet or medications, was less acidic, and you made less spike proteins. But you can only be lucky for so long. The effects of this shot are cumulative. So my advice is to never, ever get one of these shots again. And if you did get one, get your D-dimer levels checked for microclotting and troponin checked for myocarditis. These problems can be asymptomatic and result in chronic disease or death in two to five years if you don't do something about it. Thank you. All right. Thank you for your comment. Now, of course, not to be selfish and not to draw it back toward me, but I could not help but think, of course, of everything that I said in my speech that I warned people about, same kinds of stuff. He's, very more, he's more descriptive, which is great, but at the exact same time, 
very important message nonetheless. Not to mention, it, count, it, it, it offsets what all these other medical doctors are saying about, well, you know, it's, it's of course, they're saying it's 100% fine. No one's died. Every, every, everything's fine. And then, of course, they think, well, if you're not sick now, nothing's going to happen to you in the future. Bullshit. You're still injecting yourself with poison. How do you think that's going to work in the long term? And I've got some examples to bring up here shortly. But again, this is the sad part about this entire situation, is that people would say, well, wait a minute, are they a medical doctor? Is this person or that person a medical doctor? You don't have to be. You just have to be literate. Like when people, again, came after me and my credentials. Well, he says he has a PhD from Oxford, but he clearly doesn't, so he was lying. I never said I had a PhD from Oxford. I live in Oxford. I have a PhD in education. Everybody knows that. So what was funny, again, about those articles that, again, get written to disparage people is they actually end up getting deleted the more truth that rolls out. And it was funny, too, because, again, much like the Streisand effect, when the individuals watched my speech bouncing around the internet, what did they ultimately find? If they have any search skills whatsoever, they found my podcast. And then they listened to it and they went, oh shit, this guy kind of knows what he's talking about. And then they immediately ignore it. And then many of them even deleted their own articles that disparaged me because again, they know that more and more facts are rolling out and there's no hiding from it. This Dr. Stillwagon is speaking the truth. He knows exactly what's going on. Now, here's old Bobby Malone. And I want to make this abundantly clear. I'm not a fan of his. He's the guy who's been playing with poison for a living and then selling it. I don't like that. He said this on Twitter recently, apparently. Quote, I often get the question, quote, what should I do if I was just vaccinated to protect myself? Unquote. He says, quote, my number one piece of advice is to please don't do any heavy exercise that places that place a lot of stress on your heart for at least 40 days, if not longer. Let your body heal, unquote. A person replied to him and said, how does it heal if it's in your DNA constantly pumping out spike? I'm thinking you don't. Malone replied and said, the mRNA does degrade over time just very slowly, by 60 days. It is mostly gone from your body. This is based on the cell paper published in early 2022. They stopped checking at 60 days, but the data seemed pretty clear that the body was clearing the mRNA just slowly. Unquote. Ladies and gentlemen, I got to tell you, um, I don't trust him and I don't, I don't care what he says here. It's still poison. There are still endless poisons in these shots that are wrecking people. Here's another post. This comes from, uh, I believe, I don't know if it's Gab or Facebook, something. Retired Christian Slater. Hilarious. This was back on September 6th. I don't know what year. It says, quote, if you took, took the experimental gene therapy injections, here's what you have to look for over the next two to three years. Number one, sometime between October 2021 and April 2022, we will see if antibody-dependent enhancement strikes you like it did the animals in 2012. Number two, around 18 months, we will see if mad cow, if mad cow quote unquote, spongiform encephalopathy is what it's called, strikes you like it did to the humanized the humanized mice that were injected with the spike proteins 
Number three, around 23 months, we will see if Alzheimer's strikes you like it did the macaw monkeys that were injected with the spike proteins. Number four, 60% of the injected have detected microclots with the D-dimer test in the first week after injection. Right side heart failure within three years is common. Number five, the spike proteins impair your telomerase synthesis, which is known to lead to cancer, CVD, diabetes, vascular dementia. All of that for a disease with an IRF of 0.3. What were you thinking? Unquote. Again, it's poison. I, I, you know, there, there's, there's no way that people can get around it. Let me play this audio too. This is from Dr. Bhakti. He's standing on a stage. I don't know when this presentation was, but give the end of his presentation a listen here. Now, if I am here today, it's for a very special reason. Uh, four weeks ago, I don't know where you saw the video uh, released by the WHO where they proclaimed that it was their intent to introduce mRNA vaccines for all vaccinations on earth and then go from there to treatment of all other diseases, including cancer, etc. What people do not understand is that all mRNA vaccines are dangerous and are going to threaten life. It does not matter whether the vaccine uh, encodes for the spike protein, for the measles protein, for rubella, for the flu. It does not matter at all. Why? Because the whole danger of the vaccine stems from the ability of the immune system to recognize non-selfie. This cannot be allowed to happen. Even if the WHO said so, don't. And remember, and this is the last thing I want to say, the WHO is a private club, like a private football club, a club that is being financed, has been financed at the top by what? Bill Gates. Bill Gates is now number two. Who's the top financier? Germany. The German taxpayers are financing the WHO and enforcing mRNA vaccination. You can't do this. You can't let your children be vaccinated because they are changing mankind. All your personality is going to be changed. Your brain is being changed and your heart is being weakened. Every injected mRNA vaccine is going to cause severe damage in our body it must be forbidden. Thank you. I'm sure he received a round of applause because he's lying, said no one ever. He knows exactly what he's talking about. It's a perfect warning. No shots, no needles ever again for anyone, no matter what. If everybody doesn't do it, then they can't do it anymore. That's it. The game is over. You've stood up. The, the game board has been spilled over, and that's the end of it. To hell with the law. It'll bring down every single apparatus that exists in this country that forces shots on people. You've heard me say, too, getting out of school-related shots is remarkably easy to do. 
you bring facts to a medical doctor, you say, I want you to sign a waiver saying that my kid doesn't need these shots to attend a particular school. Again, why you would attend a particular school is beyond me, but you get what I'm saying. You don't have to do it to attend college. You really don't have to do it to attend a K-12 school. There are endless medical exemptions that exist and religious exemptions as well. And again, to not accept them is ludicrous. But it gets worse. It does get worse. So here it is. I got this text thread and was going back and forth with Kim Carter, who is a nurse. She, of course, has been on the show, and I'd love to have her back on, and she knows that. She said the following, quote, this was just as I'm recording this. She said, quote, travel nurse I work with was telling me last night that when she was on assignment right after the jabs came out, she was working with a nurse that wanted to go on her break and get the jab. My coworker, former military, said she had no desire to get it. This was right before mandates. She said the other nurse took the jab. They waited the allotted time, and they were walking back to their unit, and the nurse had a heart attack. Right then and there. My coworker said they coded her for over 45 minutes. She died. She said, they know, Sean. Almost all of my agency coworkers are awake. They know. I said, damn, but they're still giving them out at the hospital. She said, for agency, we have, we have to have either a COVID card or the religious exemption. But they all know. Most of them caved and got it so they could keep working. I said, but the hospital knows that it kills and they're still giving the jabs to the people who want them. She said, yep. She said she's been very vocal about what she knows and she's talking to the staff and all of her patients. She's being 100% honest with them. Some of them are freaking out and others are 100% awake too. Um, she then said, they don't care. They think they're protected because the money and th that they're getting comes from the government, DNC corruption, and they think they will never have to pay for their crimes. She said, I found something out a few hours ago, too. Did you know that Neurontin, if I'm pronouncing that right, uh, N-E-U-R-O-N-T-I-N, made by Pfizer, has only been approved by the FDA for the use as an anti-seizure drug? Uh, she said, Neurontin and uh, Lyrica, L-Y-R-I-C-A, are both the same type of drug. Pfizer was ordered to pay $945 million for allowing doctors to prescribe it for off-label use for pain. It's highly addictive and, and worse withdrawal and has worse withdrawal than heroin. I said, and they've been giving it to patients for pain? She said, yep, for every type of pain. They give it to a lot of diabetics for diabetic neuropathy. And then she said, I said, they're still giving it? And she said, yes. She said, they give it for everything. She then said, however, after being on Neurontin, if I'm saying that right, Neurontin something, uh, they can no longer feel their feet because it causes fucking neurological damage. Most of my diabetic patients that I take care of have wounds on their feet that never heal and they go neurotic, uh, necrotic, necrotic and, ne and have to be amputated. She said, I have never made those connections before. I had no fucking idea the damage that this drug is causing. 
Uh, She said doctors won't listen unless you have the proof. And since their hospital is allowing a killer surgeon to keep killing patients for money, I doubt that they would care. Money comes in from the pharmaceutical company to the facility. And there you go. She then said, quote, my mom just told me that my dad was taken off of Neurontin, Neurontin in 2014 because it put him in stage three kidney failure, unquote. Again, keep an eye out for those drugs and the use of those drugs. Certainly don't take them if you can avoid them. And uh, yeah, killed a nurse instantly after taking it. Instantly. It's worse than Russian, Russian roulette. It's worse. All the chambers have a bullet in it. I, I don't know what else to say. This is, uh, this is all over the place. This is happening all over the place. Here's the last story. Last one. Heartbreaking, to say the least. TheWesternJournal.com Quote, shock as doctors blame six-year-old hockey player's myocarditis on flu before she suffers massive stroke and dies. It says the following, quote, a six-year-old Canadian girl who died last month entered the hospital diagnosed with myocarditis linked to the flu, but later passed after a stroke. Ladies and gentlemen, you don't get myocarditis as a result of the flu because the flu doesn't exist. That's number one. And you get myocarditis, of course, from being jabbed, period. Danielle Mia Cabana, if I'm saying that right, was admitted to British Columbia Children's Hospital after she appeared to have flu symptoms long after other siblings had recovered, according to Richmond News. The girl's flu symptoms began to appear around November 11th. The site said, citing comments on the Instagram account of her father, uh, Dennis Cabana. The account is private. On November 26th, six-year-old girl who was a member of the Richmond Raven U7 girls hockey team for British Columbia was taken to the British Columbia Children's Hospital for the flu and unexpectedly passed away after suffering a massive stroke. Doctor diagnosed her with myocarditis. After arriving at the hospital, she was placed in intensive care where she was diagnosed with myocarditis caused by the flu. Bullshit. Says the girl underwent two heart procedures and was breathing on her own, but then suffered a massive stroke. We went back to the room that, that the dad said, where the doctors unplugged the machine, and we said our goodbyes. Okay. I'm done. It's depressing. It, this is happening. This is happening all over the place. Again, the dots are so close to connect, uh, so close to one another, that to not connect them is asinine. And a person is just flat out sticking their head in the sand to not be able to connect these dots. Ladies and gentlemen, there are a million things going on. There's absolutely no segue into this that I can do other than to say thank you for listening. I hope everybody has a very Merry Christmas. I will be back here next Wednesday, I hope, anyway, <laughs> for a variety of reasons, but I hope to be back next Wednesday with an episode and, and some more information for you. Don't know how long it'll be, but we'll see. And um, 
And then, of course, the following Friday and then back on the train probably that, that next Monday. Um, yeah, I'm going to close out the episode with one of my favorite renditions of my favorite Christmas songs written by a church musician and a school teacher. The history of this song is actually remarkable. So Merry Christmas again, and I'll catch you on the other side. God bless and take care.
Thank you for listening to American Education FM. Make sure and check out AmericanEducationFM.com for more information. Take care and God bless.